Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. I'll just to say a few words uh, more following up on, on what's been said, uh, and we'll take a little bit of time for some uh, questions, or discussion, and then we'll have a time to discover our natural state outside and moving our bodies and um, relaxing in those moments in our life. Um, first, as far as the, um, the natural state that's, that's here, this is not just a, uh, a Tibetan or a, a Mahayana idea. Uh, this is something that uh, is spoken of in the Theravadan tradition, which are the teachings that we, we share here uh, at Spirit Rock, um, coming from the, the earliest uh, uh, words of the Buddha, from the, from directly from at least what we've been uh, given uh, that's come down from the words of the Buddha. And some of the great um, Theravadan masters in, uh, in the last um, centuries uh, have spoken about this as well. It more is spoken about in the uh, uh, Thai forest tradition, uh, which often sounds very much like uh, Dzogchen or Tibetan perspectives. Uh, and I uh, refer you to a, a wonderful uh, essay that you can uh, you can look up uh, online uh, called Nibbana for Everyone by uh, Ajahn Buddhadasa, who's one of the uh, great um, Thai masters of uh, the last centuries, last couple of centuries. And he says that uh, we go looking for Nibbana and some kind of, or Nirvana as some kind of fantastic, glorious state, or that maybe will happen ten lifetimes from now, but it's here, right under our noses, and we experience it uh, quite regularly, these moments of freedom. He said, we go crazy if we didn't. We'd just be continually busy in our minds, but every now and then we relax. You know those moments where you just relax and you stop miraculously trying to figure anything out? Or you're out maybe on a day here at Spirit Rock and just for a moment take a nice deep breath in and aren't trying to figure anything out and there's a sense of peace. He says, this is mini Nibbana. Nibbana, the word Nibbana actually means cooling out. You know, my, my rice is Nibbana he would say, you know, after it's been cooking, oh, it's cooling now. And it's just the mind that's cooled and not trying to figure things out, which um, is one of our tendencies, isn't it? Uh, the Buddha talks in, in one discourse, it's a, a wonderful discourse called the Honeyball Sutta, Majjhima Nikaya number 18, if, you're, if you like to look those things up. And he says, um, 
because uh, one sees, because there's contact with sensation, then one sees, because one sees, then one perceives, and oh yes, there is a human being, and along with that perception, with that uh, with that seeing, there's a feeling. I like, I don't. Uh, there's pleasant, unpleasant, neutral, and then oh, this is uh, a pleasant sight. This person is somebody who I want to get to, to know or be with, or this person is not, or whatever. And because one perceives. One has mental thoughts, and because one has mental thoughts, one proliferates. The mental thoughts proliferate, which has a beautiful uh, a word, an onomatopoeic word. It sounds like it, like it is, uh, called papancha. Try saying that. Papancha. One more time. Papancha. That is this burst of thought that is taking you away down to you know your high school prom or what your your next marriage and divorce or wherever the mind goes and we miss what's right here because it gets activated and it's not that that's wrong it's not that that's bad the mind shouldn't think it's amazing the mind thinks thoughts are not the enemy, they're not wrong, but when we don't see how it works, we get lost in our thoughts. And we forget the natural state that is here available all the time when we're not lost in our stories. And as people who've done meditation practice, it's very easy not to only... Uh, get lost in our stories, uh, as you know, if you take a look at your mind, but get lost in the things that we're looking at. Uh, As an example of opening up to this awareness, this magic of awareness, I um, invite you to put your hand out in front of you right now. Uh, Take a look at what's in front, what's there in your field of vision Look carefully. See if you can see everything that there is to see. Study your experience. Okay, and now, as you're doing this, just taking a few comments, what do you see? Anybody? Color, okay. What else do you see? Shape, uh huh. What else? Texture. Texture, yes. What else? Contrast. Contrast, yeah. Lots of things there. What else do you see? My bone curved. Your your what? My bone curved the wrong way. Your your bone curved the wrong way. Okay. That's you see. The resemblance of my family's hand. The resemblance of my family's hand. Yes. So many things to see. Let me take a couple more. Movement. Movement, yeah. What else? Reflection. Reflection, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so many things to see. However, something that's there that's not so easy to see is the space that that hand 
is in. Take a look again. Another way to see this experience is there's space with a hand in it. Tune into the space around that hand. Just a little shift of perspective, but that shift of perspective is a pointer to how we can start to tune into this awareness, which is here all the time. We are so fixed and used to looking at the objects that are in that awareness that we miss the awareness. Oh, there's this. Oh, there's that beautiful sound. Oh, what an interesting sight. Ooh, I don't like that smell. All of those things, part of life's experience, are arising in that space of awareness. And it's so pervasive that we miss that is how we're experiencing everything. So to just tune into the awareness that knows, then you don't have to manipulate what's happening inside. All of those things are coming and going and coming and going just on their own. But to tune into the space of awareness that it's happening in, you don't have to fix anything. As one of my colleagues, uh, Carol Wilson, says, awareness doesn't care. Awareness doesn't care. It doesn't care if it's a beautiful moment or an ugly moment, as Rinpoche was just saying, a profound moment or a mundane moment. Tuning into the awareness, this is your true nature of how experience is happening. And everything else is just stuff inside that awareness. Now, the magic of this awareness is, besides it being space, it is awake. It is alive. It is, as the word often is used, it it is cognizant. So it's spacious, and yet there's something that knows. Isn't that amazing? And this is where the magic of awareness comes because as you start to take a look and tune into the awareness, you also see how amazing it is. Everything that's dancing, doing this play inside of this awareness, then life becomes revealed. And as I mentioned in the, uh, at the beginning of that, that flight of the, the Garuda uh, uh, song. All these songs start out with emaho. It's E-M-A-H-O apostrophe. That's how it's always, I've always seen it written. Emaho. How amazing. That's what it means. The, the Tibetans have a little bit more color and flavor than a lot of the Theravadans. Yes, it's not this, it's not that. You know. <laughs> Tibetans say how amazing, you know? how marvelous, holy smoke. You know? And as we 
take a look with this amazing awareness that can see we also don't take for granted all the things in it. The, as the Tibetans have this beautiful phrase, the magical display. I love that phrase. The magical display. Yeah, it's a display. And it's magical. How is that all happening? Who knows? Last week I, I was giving a talk um, in Sacramento, and it was a talk on, on gratefulness, on, uh, on, on gratitude. And I was uh, driving uh, from Berkeley to Sacramento. It's great to, to drive on an early Sunday morning uh, on that freeway. Um, and I was thinking, let's see. Um, the, gra- the amazing sense of wonder that comes when you're present. And then I was checking out, well, what's amazing about this moment? You know? And then I took a look, and it was about, oh, uh, 30 seconds of just exploration. And there I was, as I looked at my reality, uh, listening through my smartphone, which is a lot smarter than I am often, through the Bluetooth that was transmitting through my car, Dire Straits, Mark Knopfler playing this amazing solo, purely for my entertainment, as I was going down the highway in my... A uh, few thousand pounds of of metal at seventy something, <laughs> somehow being magically transported, and looking at my uh, GPS that said, "Oh, in nineteen miles, eighteen point seven miles, you will make a left turn onto your uh, next exit." <coughs> what is going on there? <laughs> listening through my Bluetooth, whatever that means, to this amazing solo as I just, without that, just seeing, oh yeah, driving to Sacramento. Oh my goodness, how amazing. It's all amazing. And when you, I mean, that was an amazing moment, but every moment is amazing. When you start tuning in not only to the awareness, but this amazing play of consciousness, emaho, then everything becomes alive and rich and deep. And you can both let yourself be amazed by the magical display or just rest in the awareness that's knowing it, which is also amazing and quite extraordinary. I think I'll read to you um, just a passage from Theravadan. This is from uh, Ajahn Amaro. Uh, This is a beautiful book called Small Boat, Great Mountain by uh, Ajahn Amaro, Amaro Bhikkhu, who was teaching a Dzogchen, sharing teaching a a Dzogchen retreat with uh, Sokni Rinpoche as... uh, um, uh, Rinpoche had mentioned a, a wonderful uh, Dzogchen master who is a friend of our communities. 
Um, when there is resting in the knowing, then nothing can touch the heart. It, it's this resting in the knowing that makes the Buddha a refuge, the one inside. That knowing nature is invulnerable, inviolable. What happens to the body, emotions, and perceptions is secondary because that knowing is beyond the phenomenal world. That is the true refuge. Whether we experience pleasure or pain, success or failure, praise or criticism, that knowing nature of the mind is utterly serene. It is undisturbed and incorruptible, just as a mirror is unblemished and untainted by the images it reflects. The knowing cannot be touched by any sense perception, thought, emotion, mood, feeling. So, you get the magic both ways. Just resting in the knowing, oh, there is this awareness that perceives experience, and in the letting ourselves be amazed by the magical display without being seduced by it, without being lost in it, without being confused by it, but letting ourselves play in this display, knowing that it is just a magical display. So I think I'll, we can stop here and uh, maybe have a few moments of, uh, a few minutes of question or comments and, uh, before we take a, a mindful, uh, amazing break. Um, so, yeah, Juliet, if, and if Juliet uh, will go and pass around the, the mic, you turn it on both. And you can select who's going to Yes, I'll select, yes, and you just get your exercise in and, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. So anything that um, anybody wants to bring up in this, in the aisle over there? Thank you. Hi there. Hi, and put it real close to you. Okay. There you go. Thanks. I'm trying to reconcile this concept of awareness and kind of looking at it without being an observer. I'm 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 struggling a little bit with making that that leap to losing the observer piece mm-hmm. because we're talking a little bit about watch looking at it or kind of almost being outside and yet I understand that you're not supposed to be an observer is there a way I can make the leap (laughs) Mm, okay the big leap do do you want to say something so uh, yeah the leap from uh, not being the observer uh, to um, to just to the knowing okay and this is the the big mysterious leap that um, uh, that the that the practice can point to, it's true. There is something that's knowing, but are you making that knowing happen? Like I said, you're observing. For instance, what is observing? Awareness. One way you can think of it, instead of I am the observer this is how I say it to myself, is just awareness is awareing. 
awareing is happening all by itself and it's not me doing it it's just another function of the experience there is the object and there is the knowing of the object and they're arising together in each moment whether it's a sight sound smell taste touch or thought there is the the object experience and there's the knowing of it that happens quite spontaneously effortlessly all by itself so to have that um, relaxation where you're not doing it but you just there is knowing happening if you just remove the one who's knowing and just see awareness also as a component of that experience then it's freeing awareness happens all by itself now in a, in a little while later on today we can maybe play around with this in the meditation uh, and um, point to simply knowing which you can't try hard to, to catch awareness because uh, you know one, one way of thinking of it is like um, looking out through your eyes can you see your eyes as you look out it's the last it's the only thing that you can't see isn't it if you look in the mirror you can see a reflection but can you see can your eyes see itself no but you know it's there something is functioning and shining through and in the same way you know that awareness is happening but you can't turn around quickly and catch it no. oh I see the awareness because it's the awareness that's seeing itself how can it so this is where the mind can some, somehow um, give up collapse trying to know and you just rest maybe you have something to <laughs> I don't have uh, uh, any extra thing to say. James answered uh, perfectly uh, to your question. You are saying that there's a struggle in order to experience the, the dissolution of observers. So enjoy that struggle. <laughs> and then remember, all you need is a keep abiding in the natural state of your mind. And then sometime soon, the observer will go away. And then we'll come back. <laughs> and then we'll go away. This is some uh, show that you're going to see perhaps the rest of your life. But when you ever feel the dissolution of the observer 
and then you'll experience often freedom and peace. So let it happen to you, this dissolution, uh, the dissolution of observer, let it happen on its own. Don't try to make it happen. Don't try to dissolve the observer. Just stay, abide in this natural state of your mind. By the way, of course, every meditation is the highest meditation. And, uh, and yet, in the end, when you're exhausted with all the meditation practices, the last meditation that you'll be interested in is this, abiding in the natural state of your mind. And this art of meditation is taught in every tradition. And Theravada, Zen, Vajrayana uh, tradition, Yeah, how's uh, Tom doing? I may mm. want to share some personal experience about that. Yeah, go, go, please. Uh, uh, one time I had uh, some physical pain. I won't get into the detail, but one time I had a very strong physical pain. And I knew that uh, I'm a meditation teacher. I told myself maybe I should apply the practices I've been teaching to myself and to deal with the pain. And of course, physical pain is not always easy to deal with. <laughs> And sometimes you lose your awareness, your dignity when you have physical pain. And you become sometimes uh, spoiled. You know what I mean? You become very unreasonable, emotional. You become a little tyrant, <laughs> especially in the eyes of people who love you. So anyway, at one point I tried to abide in this natural state of your mind, and I had some moment of this amazing recognition that I'm just this awareness. Not in the extraordinary sense. When I say awareness, not like I'm being this uh, some kind of Atma or Divine Self, nothing like that. It was a very ordinary recognition, feeling that I'm awareness because I'm aware of. I'm aware of what is happening. But somehow I also lost in that very moment my fear, and uh, my hope as well. 
I couldn't get into this uh, state of mind where I may have lots of fears or maybe making lots of uh, pessimistic predictions about my future. So I felt um, this awareness and then pain, everything's happening as uh, some kind of indescribable myriad display of the life's reality, which is beyond my control. Almost I was able to say Emma, not exactly. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> I was able to say Emma to my pen. I wasn't there yet. So, but I kind of lost uh, my, the everyday identity. I just felt I'm uh, alive. I'm just aware of what is happening. I'm just awareness who's a, just witnessing this undescribable myriad play of life sometimes can be painful, sometimes can be quite uh, joyous and ecstatic too. And so all you need is uh, abide in this natural state of your mind. Don't try to let the dissolution happen on time. It, it will happen if you just uh, abide in that natural state of your mind and that the natural state of mind is the force that the Buddha was talking about. Buddha often said if you want to realize Nibbana, go into forced in the meditate. The forced is a, sometimes a metaphor for that natural state of your mind. Sometimes of course literal. That's where many people in Asia meditate in the snow mountains, in the forest, but it's also a metaphor for that, not just stereo mind. The beauty about the not just stereo mind is that it's so accessible. You don't have to experience samadhi to get there. You don't have to go through a whole series of uh, altered states of mind or religious experiences or transcendent phenomena to get there. It's already here. And sometimes the hardest thing to see is the closest thing to us. That's why the eyes cannot see itself because it's so close to it. Lama Mupam, a master, Dzogchen master from the 20th century, uh, writes. Let me recite this in Tibetan, then we go into the walking meditation. Yeni nipi suridba da wangwi kebrso la murtu yang, lavi yimach bi semgi sang lami mangaktov gin tongyurjik. Let me translate this uh, word by word. It's uh, intrinsically present in each of us. And because that, it's beyond all effort. And it has nothing to do with uh, your level of your faculties. It means it has nothing to do whether you're intelligent or not. And yet we 
cannot see this secret of mind, which is the pure awareness, or not of mind, because it is too simple, because it is too close. This is what he said. So now the meditation instruction is a, a very simple, which is not to try to change your mind, just uh, leave your mind as it is. Don't do anything to your mind today. Don't follow your thoughts. Don't try to get in a very beautiful, ecstatic state of your consciousness. Just leave your mind as it is and be a, a witness. And then soon the observer dissolves and then you feel that you are this indescribable pure awareness manifesting as a human incarnation. And if you then from there on you know how to go there. Even though it's not a particular place. And then from now on if you have moments of a challenges in your life, illness, dying separation. You can always go there and rest in the natural state of your mind and feel this unconditional freedom. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.